Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Do You Agree, the podcast edition. Today is season three, episode three. As always, I'm your host, Colin Spiker, alongside my friend and co-host, David Farr. Good morning, David. It's Wednesday. How are we doing? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Not only is it Wednesday, it is hump day. We're halfway through the week. I got a smile on my face. I made some money last night. I don't. I have a thermodynamics exam today. I'm not happy at all. Hey, I will share my vibes. We got this. We got this. I mean, how can you be sad? We got so many sports going on right now. We got the World Series. NBA is back. College football is starting to really form itself for the playoff. NFL is halfway through the season. College basketball is around the corner. You know, How can't you be happy right now? Uh, you're you're right, man. You're right. I mean, this is the best time of the year for sports, what, without got a doubt. All this, all the major three sports going. Um, obviously, you got college football every Saturday. You got NFL football every every Sunday and Monday night. You got basketball pretty much every single night. World Series games. You know, it, it's a great time for sports. So. You couldn't have said it better. It really is the best time of the year. So let's jump into it. Last night, World Series game one. The Washington Nationals against the Houston Astros. Astros got here after walking off in Houston against the Yankees. And obviously, the Nationals, a Cinderella story after Bryce Harper leaving, swept the Cardinals. It's a story, man. It is a story. And I'm giving my, uh, well, I I gave this via, via, this prediction via bet before the series started. I, I picked the Nationals to win the series. Um, a lot of people, I mean, obviously really like the Astros. There's a guy out there who's got a million dollars on the Astros, which is really, really crazy. Um, but uh, I like the Nationals. They're just hot. It, it's a story. The Astros haven't been hitting the ball at the right time. Um, even you saw in game one, Garrett Cole struggled for the second game in a row. Um, he didn't allow any runs the last time he pitched against um, the Yankees. But he obviously was not as sharp as he normally is, and he looked he looked flat tonight too. Um, he did, yeah. You don't see that very often from Garrett Cole. You don't see him allow five runs like that's. Yeah, the Nationals won five to four, and something uh, you pointed out earlier before we hit record was the reason the Astros were so consistent against the Yankees, especially pitching-wise, was because the Yankees are always trying to get the ball over uh, that yellow uh, fence, uh, out of the park. Yeah. But the Nationals, they're more contact hitters. Yep. They get guys on base, and they can score. Yep. I mean, obviously Juan Soto, young guy, huge game, three 20, RBIs. He's, he's 20 like, years he's old. My age. He's your age. That is really And could like, possibly be the World Series MVP. Like, that's honestly insanity. Like, he's... I think he's like the third youngest player ever to hit a home run in the World Series. Other than that, like 20 years in like 300 days, which that is ridiculous thinking like that guy's my age and he's sitting on like the world stage in the World Series and playing very well. And also playing really well are the Nationals' bullpen. Yeah. I did not expect their pitching rotation to be this solid. Yeah, um, what they do, they, they, have a, they have a mixture of guys that come in that can do the job. They... They throw Patrick Corbin a lot in, in the bullpen, and he's a starter. Um, uh, but uh, kind of their plan normally has been they let their starter go as long as they can go. They, then they throw Patrick Corbin in there for an inning or two, and then they let their back in and finish it out. And it, obviously it's worked out for them. Their, their, their bullpen's held strong against you know good lineups. In the, yeah, especially the like the Astros. The Astros, uh, bottom of the seventh, left the bases loaded. Bottom of the eighth, left a guy on second that could have been the tying run. Yeah. And then in the ninth, just had no luck. Yeah. 
I mean, it's it, it's big. Hitting is not the biggest thing about offense on offense anyway. It's timely hitting. It's all about when you. It's all about when you're getting your hits. Like if you're watching this game, like you're sitting looking at the sixth inning, you're like, man, how do the Astros not have more runs right totally, now? Like, yeah. How, how is this happening? Um, but the, the, the main yeah. the main help source that the Astros had was George Springer, my boy George. Yeah. And I'm a huge George Springer fan, and hopefully when the Astros win the World Series, I plan on getting a, a nice orange Astros number four George jersey. Yeah. Which would be pretty tough. But after game one, I don't know. My, yeah. my prediction was it would be Astros in five or it would be Astros in seven. Yeah. But after game one, I just can't trust my gut right now. Yeah, I mean, so I don't know. Since before the series, like, I've been saying Nationals in six. I think they somehow end up taking three out of the first five and then taking the last one at home in, uh, uh, in Washington. I don't uh, it's a, it's a story, man. Like, there's a reason, like, that in sports, there's a reason you always see stories about, like, stuff happening and then a team does something or Bryce Harper leaves and then they end up winning the World Series, which is the one of the most ironic things. Yeah. Because he left there because they weren't winning. Yeah. And then he goes to a team where he thinks, you know, he can win, doesn't make the playoffs, and then the team that he left yeah. wins the World Series. Um, so game two is tonight. You got Strasburg on the mound against Verlander. It's going to be a great game. Who you got? Um, I don't see Houston going down 2-0. Uh, uh, that would be, I mean, it, seem, it would be seemingly insurmountable, in my opinion. You go down 2-0 on your home field, that's really, not only are you down, but that's demoralizing to your team. You're like, man, we can't even win at home. How are we going to go take games on the road? Um Got Strasburg and Verlander on the bumps. Um, they're both very. Strasburg is very good. Yeah, they're both very good pitchers. Obviously, both Strasburg and Verlander are both very good playoff pitchers. Strasburg's like sub one ERA uh, in the playoffs. He, just an absolute, absolute monster. They're both horses. Throw throw pretty hard. Um, but I don't know. I, I like the Astros. I think the Astros lineup just gets it together and realizes like, man, we've got to get, we've got to put some runs up, like. They can't leave guys on base, and yeah. I think they know that now. Timely hitting. They've got to have guys to come in and just choke up and get a base hit when they need it. So, so game two is tonight. Also tonight, NBA. Yeah. Last night, we had the Battle of L.A. The Clippers beat L.A., the Lakers, 112-102. Kawhi, a phenomenal debut for the Clippers. And, you know, LeBron and A.D. had a phenomenal first half. Second half, not so much. Yeah. Oh, it, it, you, you can see they're still learning to play together. LeBron was trying to do a little bit too much passing the ball. Um, you could kind of tell he was forcing some, had five turnovers because of it. Um, AD, AD didn't, didn't look 100% comfortable. Um, uh, but obviously you can, you can tell they're going to be a good team. Guys like Danny Green stepping up and hitting a bunch of threes. Like, and, and it looks like they're actually interested in playing defense this year, uh, unlike last year. The Clippers obviously are a great team. Um, Pat Pat Beverly uh, being a pest as usual. Um, Kawhi had 30 points, and um, Lou Williams always being a bucket whenever he's in a game. In the game, that man is an absolute. And that was without that was without uh, Paul, Paul George. George. Don't forget yeah. about that. I mean, I, I mean, I think it's just as crucial for them to have Lou Williams. Like Lou Williams is a bucket. 
Yeah, like, especially off the bench. The dude is just a but. He, he puts up starter numbers off the bench. Yes, bro. He literally, like, if you're betting and you bet against the team that Lou Williams doing, you literally are scared <laughs> whenever he shoots the ball. I'm like, yo, like, please stop. Like, give the ball to someone else. Like, I'd rather – I would have – like, even though um, Kawhi had more points, whatever, I, I liked it more when Kawhi had the ball in his hands because I just do not like seeing the ball in Lou Williams' hands if, I, if I'm betting on the opposite Because you, you bet on the Lakers team. Yeah, I did. And, and you know what I did? I got into betting. And I hit the Clippers' second half – and, you know, I woke up this morning very happy because that's $58 I did not have you know, last it is, night. It is what it is. So, Clippers, thank you very much for winning that second half. Yeah, we, <laughs> we, we appreciate you, Clippers, for taking my money and giving money to Colin. It's fine. It's whatever. <laughs> whatever works. Um, and then the other game last night, we had the Raptors against the Pelicans. Raptors, it was banner night. And luckily, they survived in overtime, 130-122. Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet both put up 34, respectively. And that was a great game as well. It was. Um, <laughs> it, it, it was a great game. What you doing? What you doing? I'm chilling, bro. You eating oatmeal? Yeah. <laughs> eating a little oatmeal during the... Sorry, guys. I'm getting a little hungry. I've been studying. Um, you know... Early in the morning, got to have a little oatmeal. So, <laughs> so uh, Raptors with a great game. And then, obviously, tonight we got Sixers, Celtics, Trailblazers, Nuggets are the headliners. I think they're both going to be great games. Obviously, Al Horford against the Celtics, and then Cardiac Kemba replacing Kyrie Irving. Yeah. And we'll see if Ben Simmons has a shot in the real NBA regular season. We shall and see. you know, if he makes a three, I'm texting you immediately. Oh, I'm sure he will. I'm sure he'll take at least one. In, in all honesty, he's going to take one. Um, but uh, these these will be really good games. Uh, and yeah, the Trailblazers Nuggets. Let's not forget about the yeah. postseason yeah. series they had last season. That was always fun to watch. Exactly. For Man, sure. I'm really high on Dame. I think he's going to go off. I can I can definitely see it happening. I think the Nuggets are going to have the best regular season record in the NBA. But I do. I think the Trailblazer will win uh, this first game, um, as well as the Sixers beating the Celtics. I think the Sixers are uh, probably a lot better than like people think. Um, I think they have a chance to like win the chance, like to win it. Like uh, I'm not getting my really hopes up. Talented. I'm not gonna win. They're, they're they're really talented. Joel Embiid's are very very good if he stays healthy and stops eating Taco Bell. <laughs> um, this obviously up Tobias Harris added Al Horford. That defensive front line is going to be rough to yeah. do anything against. So I'm just glad NBA is back, man. Yeah, been too. waiting too long. Yeah, watching watching last night was like really refreshing. I was like, man, even though like, I mean, I'm like an unabashed LeBron stan, as, <laughs> as many know. Um, but even though like the Lakers lost and like I lost a little money on Lakers or whatever, it was just so nice to like watch like games again. It was it was, yeah. it was pretty nice. So, right, moving on to college football, <coughs> it's week nine, and we got we got new rankings. We got the top eight for you. So Bama obviously is number one. LSU is at number two. Clemson drops down to four, and they're jumped by Ohio State, who's yeah. now number three. Yeah. And then rounding out five through eight, you have Oklahoma, Penn State. Florida, and lastly, Notre Dame, number eight. So we haven't talked to you guys in a minute. So a little bit ago, our Gamecocks knocked off Georgia. That is exactly right. Not only did we knock them off in that game, we knocked them out of playoff contention. It looks, it looks very much like we did. Um, 
I don't see really any circumstance unless all of these teams go go off and start losing, um, where Georgia even has, has a chance, you know. So, so branching off what you're saying, three SEC teams are now very likely impossible. Yeah. Do you think it's still possible for two? I, mean, LSU? I definitely think it's possible for two. Um, uh, in a circumstance, you know, LSU Bama play in the regular season. LSU wins in a very tight game. Um, and they would have to go on to win the SEC championship. Yeah, and they go on and win, it, uh, win the remainder of their games. A one-loss Bama probably gets in just because, one, they are good. They play a pretty tough schedule and their name. So, yeah. I mean, I can definitely see, see Bama and LSU making it. Okay, so say you have those two teams. Clemson, in the past two weeks, have dropped from two to four. Yeah. Should Clemson be concerned? I mean, a little bit. Their schedule is just so bad. I mean, it's they they really just play no in the eight. It's a, not 100% of their fault that the ACC is just absolutely dreadful in football. Yep. Um, but their out-of-conference schedule is bad, too. They don't play anyone. Um, the, like, the best out-of-conference team they play is us. And yeah. Like... If you're, say, not, if, we're, we're if you're saying we're that good, that's yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying they, they just don't they don't play anyone, and I mean we'll see, we'll see. Uh, they they don't even look good against the teams they're beating either. Like Trevor Lawrence looks like a bum, bum. Like he's being bailed out by his six four receivers that run towards yeah. him. Justin Ross and T Higgins being bailed out by Travis Etienne. He just can literally run for nine yards every single time he touches the ball. I mean, I don't. And, know, and you look at the know. teams on the brim. You have Oklahoma, Penn State, Florida, Notre Dame. Oklahoma, they're really impressive. Jalen Hurts is Beast. tearing it up. And what's I'm looking really forward to is I think they play within the next three weeks. They play two ranked teams, and I want to say they play three ranked teams within the next four weeks. Yeah, they have. They have Iowa State and Baylor, and yeah. I want to say they have one other team. Yeah. So say they go undefeated. And then you have Ohio State. Say they go undefeated, mm-hmm. and then you have Alabama and LSU. Are you are you going to pick a Oklahoma team who is in the Big Twelve? Clearly, a better football conference than oh. the ACC. Oh, over Clemson if they're both undefeated. No, no. The, the only argument would be: Do you put Clemson in undefeated over a one-loss Bama or LSU? Yeah, I think that would be the main discussion. I don't think they would discuss putting them in over Oklahoma, who would go undefeated in the Big 12. That's a way better resume. Heck, you could even look at Notre Dame. You could look at Notre Dame if they go undefeated. They have a better out-of-conference schedule than Clemson does. Very true, very true. They play Michigan. They play – who else do they play? They play a couple teams. Stanford. Stanford's bad. (laughs) I know Notre Dame lost to Georgia. That's their one loss on the season. Yeah. But that's when Georgia was number three, and it was at Georgia. So, yeah. I mean, it's going to be really interesting because yeah, everything is really starting to form. Yeah, it is. And you're starting to see what, what looks like is, is going to be the, the very end of this, uh, what's going to turn out in the very end of the, the season. I mean, I think, honestly, I think out of the teams that are in it, I think Oklahoma, I would say Ohio State and Oklahoma are the teams that I think are actually most likely to make it. I agree. Like, I agree. Especially I, if Ohio State is able to beat Penn State in two weeks and win the Big Ten Championship and they finish undefeated. Oh, it's and then if Oklahoma yeah. finishes the season undefeated. Yeah, and Ohio State's beating Like, come on. Yeah, Ohio, if you look at it just from the eye test, Ohio State's beating every team convincingly as well. Like, they're not... They're not playing around with any team. Like they Clemson haven't. Clemson. The only team that's gotten close to them was Michigan State, and 
Ohio State still won that game by like, 24 points. Yeah, they've, I think they've covered every single spread this year. They have. Like, they I have. think they're 7-0 and oh, covering spread. Like, Ohio State, if you, if you are a betting person, Ohio State spread, it, it is. It, it's a thing. It's, it's a trend these days, 7-0. and oh, So, if the you next few Ohio weeks, State spread, it's spread, it's kind of the move these days. The next few weeks is going to be incredible for college football. And as – as well as the NFL. And we got two teams left, two undefeateds, the untouchables. We got New England Patriots sitting at 7-0 and the San Francisco 49ers at 6-0. David, the Patriots, uh, 48 points allowed so far yeah, this season. And only 3.9 points per game allowed this year by their defense. Um, I'm guessing a couple of those uh, points were allowed by, uh, I guess, by interceptions or turnovers yep. or whatever. But... Um, there, there was a stat that came out that literally said if the Patriots' offense never stepped on the field this entire season, they would be three, three and one. Which is with just the insane. fact that they would have won three games without their offense on the field. That is just without their offense playing at all. Like that's honestly just absolutely insane. Their defense is, and, and Brady hasn't been bad, but he also hasn't been good. I mean, in their last four games. Thinking like an 80 QBR, four touchdowns, four picks, not doing – honestly, check down Charlie to running backs yep. and all that. But their defense is just is just dominating every team. They haven't really played anyone yet. They haven't played anyone really worthy of uh, – no quarterbacks worthy of anything really yet. Um, so, I mean, I think they're definitely real. That, that defense is crazy, but – Oh, I guess we'll, we'll have to see. I mean, they, they always lose a couple games every year. They, they shouldn't, like the Dolphins last year and stuff like that. But I think it's crazy that when we bring up the Patriots, we're not talking about Tom Brady under center leading them. We're talking about their defense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, the Patriots defense gets underrated a lot. You know, 15 out of the last 18 years, they've been a top 10 defense. And a lot of people don't know that because they just kind of I didn't think know of, that. Yeah, they kind of think of like, oh, it's Brady and the offense put up a lot of points. That defense has always been uh, pretty good. But this year, th- this seven-game stretch is probably the best by any defense in the history of the NFL. It's got to be. There's, I've, been, I've been looking at stats and things, and I don't think there's – I definitely don't think there's any team that could have gone 7-0 um, and or – or gone seven and zero and not put their offense on the field and still won three of those games. Yep. So it, incredible, incredible showing by the defense, honestly. And then the 49ers currently six and zero, led by former backup of Tom Brady, Jimmy G. Davies being carried by their defenses, both of them. Yep. And David, last time we talked, we did the we did the buy or sell segment, and the 49ers were in that. I think they were three and zero. Now they're six and zero. They're four and zero. Away on the road. Yeah. How are you feeling about the 49ers? Um, you know, like like I said the first time, um, I said I like, I think I t- said I like halfway bought it, halfway sold it. Yep. Um, I think I, we both did because yeah. I said I like it, but I think they're too young. Yeah. Um, I definitely like it more now. I mean, 100. percent I mean, you, you keep winning games. I can't not like it now. Um, but they really just have not shown me anything that like. No, we got the schedule right now. Yeah, it's just they. Number one, Jimmy G has not been good yet, even in games where they scored a lot of points. And two, they haven't played anyone. I'm looking at the schedule and at the Buccaneers, James Winston walking, walking interception, walking turnover in general. The Bengals, who are 0 and 7 and absolutely dreadful. They have a leprechaun as a quarterback. Yes, the Steelers who are literally not that great as well, even though I'm a Steeler fan, and they have a Samford quarterback playing. 
the Browns, who have Baker Mayfield, and his QB rating is literally lower than my GPA. My GPA is honestly not that great right now. So uh, they played the Rams with uh, Todd Gurley, who has arthritis like an 80-year-old, and Jared Goff, who obviously is not as good as everyone thinks, and then the Redskins, who literally have two QBs who literally cannot stop throwing interceptions. So their defense is is probably pretty good, but we don't really know because they're playing against college teams right now. Um, Here's what I want to look at. We scroll down and look at their final six games. Home against the Packers, travel to Baltimore, travel to New Orleans, and by that time, Drew Brees is most likely going to be healthy. Yeah. Home against the Falcons, eh. Home against the Rams, eh. And then at Seattle. Yeah. I don't think we will know if this team is real or not because they'll make the until playoffs. The very, until the very end. But we're not going to know until the very end. Exactly, because they don't really have – by the time they play anyone that I'm actually worried about them losing to – they might have 10 wins, bro. They could definitely very easily beat the Panthers this week. Very easily beat the Cardinals at the Cardinals. Very be- easily beat the Seahawks at home. And then beat the Cardinals at home. That's 10 wins. And that's you're in the playoffs pretty much with 10 yeah. wins. Then, then they finally have to go and play someone. They play the Packers at home, which that, that'll be, I think, their first game that I'm really interested to see. Like, are they real? Yep. Then they travel to yeah. the Ravens and the Saints, like you said. And – I get, that last part of the schedule is really going to tell us. Like they they might go. I think it's not outside the possibility they go ten and zero and then drop like five of the last six. It's possible, you know. It's possible, yeah. But I definitely think they're making the playoffs. So update: Are we buying it? I mean, I'm buy, I'm definitely buying it more. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. we can't. We won't know until yeah, that stretch. We. Were, I mean, definitely. Like I'm saying. Like I said. Playoffs. Yes. Do they get out of the playoffs? Uh, I mean, that, that's where I'm iffy. Yeah, I mean, with with their schedule and the way the teams that they they play, I mean, you can definitely see them being a high seed. So that's always good, you know, for home field advantage and things. But I think the Saints, man, that Saints roster is nice. So who do you think loses first? I want to say the Niners, just because if one of the defenses collapses, who would I rather trust, Tom Brady or Jimmy G? Yeah, I, I just I, think I get that. I mean, I think the 49ers probably, probably lose first. Um, the Patriots' defense is just really good. Yeah. That's all I really have to say. They, they're just not allowing points, so they can't get beat when they're not allowing anything. Well, folks, we got sports going on all the darn time now, and that makes me really happy. I'm yes. smiling from cheek to cheek, ear to ear right now. And that's going to do it for Season 3, Episode 3 of Do You Agree? Podcast Edition. As always, I'm your host, Colin Spiker, alongside David Farr. It's been great talking to you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Later. Peace.